Hello students and study abroad enthusiasts, everyone listening, welcome to the show today. If you're interested in Spain or Seville, or you are you happen to be a student at the University of Wisconsin South, this interview will be perfect for you. We talked to Andrea Morris, who tells us some great stories about what it's like to live in Spain, uh, travel around Europe, and then also in Asia, specifically rural parts of Asia. So. I'm going to turn it over to Andrea, and I hope you enjoy this interview. I had a lot of fun. All right, thanks. The three biggest reasons only 10% of students study abroad. They're afraid of being homesick, they don't think it's safe, and the number one reason people don't study abroad is cost. We're here to dispel all that, find out exactly how that 10% crafted their study abroad journey, and how you can too. I'm Chris Carlton, and this is the Study Abroadcast. Hello, everyone. This is Chris Carlton here with Andrea Morris of UW Stout. Welcome to another episode of the Study Abroadcast. Uh, getting right into it, Andrea is the Interim Assistant Director of Study Abroad at UW Stout. She was kind enough to be with us today. Andrea, thanks for being here and welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Great. I'm doing well, thank you. Thank you for very much for having me. Oh, no, you're very welcome. So just starting out, you're involved in study abroad in international education, and it's something that you liked well enough to get into to make your career. Could you maybe tell us about your study abroad experience when you were in school and how that went for you? Sure, absolutely. Well, I knew from high school that studying abroad is something I wanted to do in college, and I was very focused on that goal. And when I got to college, I uh, found a program in Sevilla, Spain, uh, I was a Spanish major, and so I wanted to go to a Spanish-speaking country, and I learned about Sevilla, so I studied there for one academic year, and I was with a host family the, the whole time, and I studied at the University of Sevilla, and it was an amazing experience. I was able to, be, to become proficient in the language. I had a lot of great Spanish food that my host mom made. Um, I still keep in contact with them today, which is really exciting. Um, and it was the most profound experience of my of my life. That uh, you know, which is the reason I do what I do today. And and when you were over there, that's that does sound really cool. And I can't believe that you still keep in in touch with your host mother. Yeah. Uh, but when you were over there, how did you go anywhere else other than Spain when you were in Europe? I did. Uh, I had a, tra- a chance to travel to um, Portugal and Morocco, and then I backpacked around Europe for about three or four weeks during the holiday vacation. Um, so I went to France, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, and Italy. Okay. Wow, that's 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 quite a that's quite a load there. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was. Uh, and Morocco was an eye opener too. It was the first time I had been to a you know a third world country, and um, and I just learned so much about the country. It's a beautiful place, gorgeous you know Atlas Mountains and everything. And it was something that really surprised me, and I'm so glad I had a chance to visit there. Yeah, and now so after you graduated, what um what kind of got you to where you are today? What was the path you took? Did you go to graduate school? Did you? Jump right into, yeah, so tell me about that, then leading up to where you are now. 
Sure. Well, after I graduated from college, I actually worked in the international office of the school I went to. Um, I worked in the international office for about four years with international students, and then I really had the itch to go abroad again. I just had to get out and experience another culture, and so I went to Japan and taught English for a year over there. And I went to a very rural place. It was nothing like Tokyo or Osaka. Um, it was in a very small village. And I had a phenomenal experience. Um, I had a great um, mentor at the school who I was actually Facebook messaging this morning, in fact. Uh, I still keep in contact with him after 20-some years. And after I came back from the U.S. after teaching, I went out to Boston to go to graduate school. And I studied um, intercultural relations and started working in the international field after that. And actually, I worked with refugees for a little while, and then I got back into the field of international education, working with international students and scholars and international uh, physicians, and then uh, got back into study abroad because that really was my first passion that uh, got me excited about this field many years ago. So I'm really excited to work and study abroad now. Yeah, um, and so that... Um that's really cool that you got to do that and you got to you got to get all that experience. Now, jumping further into it, what um, did you have any fears or reservations before you left for studying abroad? That's a really good question. You know, I I was so excited to go that you know, I didn't have a lot of fears actually. I it's something I was so focused on that you know, now days when I work with my students, you know, they they're you know nervous to you know leave their friends and um and, and kind of nervous about the unknown but for some reason that just never occurred to me i don't know why yeah. <laughs> um i was just so excited to be in a country where i could speak spanish and um experience something new experience a new culture i love meeting people from other countries and um so i was just excited to be over there now when i got over there i actually had quite a shock just because it, you know, I had been planning this for so long that I hadn't really pictured myself in the country necessarily in a day-to-day -day routine. And, um, you know, in, in the southern Spain, they have a very strong accent. They speak with a, a lisp. And so it took me a, quite a while, you know, maybe a couple of months to really catch on to the accent. And I had already been studying Spanish by then for probably at least 10 years. Um, but it's so different when you get in country. And um, so I didn't have any fears before I left, um, but I, you know, after a while I adjusted. Um, I did feel a bit isolated when I was over there, and mm -hmm. uh, this, the time that I went was before email and, and cell phones and all those great right. electronic things. Um, and, uh, but no, I, I had an amazing time. Good. And what would you, um... What would you tell a student right now who maybe comes into your office and they're on the bubble about studying abroad and they're not really sure if they should do it or not? Mm -hmm. Well, I definitely tell them if you, if this is something you really want to do, you need to try and make it happen in some way. Because the biggest thing that I hear from people who are no longer in college is that the number one thing they regret was not studying abroad. And, you know, I explained to students, you know, this is an investment in your future. Um, when you're studying abroad, you're learning a lot of those soft skills that employers are looking for. And UW-Stout is a polytechnic, and so our students here are very career-focused. 
and you know they come into me and say, you know, I'm interested in studying abroad, but how is this going to benefit me in my future? What is this going to do for my career? And I explain to them, you know, when you're abroad, you are learning how to deal with ambiguity. You're learning cross-cultural communication skills. You might be learning a new language. You are having to navigate all these different things, which is going to build confidence uh, and flexibility, adaptability, networking. Um, and you know you can take all these fantastic classes here at Stout and learn those academics, but you need soft skills to go along with it. And that's really going to help you in your future career. Okay, yeah, well put. And now you said you've been all over the place, literally. And is there is there a travel story that sticks out in particular that you want to share with us? Something funny that happened, or? Sure, sure. Um, well, one story that kind of sticks out in my mind is uh, when I was in Japan. You know, I tell students, you know, when you go to a foreign country, sometimes the the easiest things that well, the things that you think are going to be easy, like going to the post office or the bank or the grocery store those are typically routine things here but when you're in a foreign country sometimes it's just a little bit different and when I went to Japan I again I was in a very rural place and with lots of rice paddies around and I arrived at my apartment and there was a moped that went along with the apartment and I needed I needed to get to the grocery store that was my goal I needed to get to the grocery store I'd been there a few days yeah, yeah. Need decent food. Um, I needed dish soap and toilet paper and paper towels and all those things. And but in order to go to the grocery store, I needed to learn how to ride this moped. So uh, I'd never ridden a moped before, and I had my supervisor from the school where I was teaching um, come over and help me, or he came over to teach me how to ride this moped. And so he, we were driving around in the parking lot of my apartment building, and I learned it. And I was really nervous to drive this because in Japan, they drive on the opposite side of the road. In addition, since I was living in a very rural area, the roads were narrow. And so when two cars were passing, you always had to kind of go slow, move over to the side of the road. Right. And the, the mopeds drove on the side of the road. And in addition uh. to that... <laughs> in addition to that, there was an irrigation system for the rice paddies, and it was about three feet wide and several feet deep, and it was all cement, and I just had visions of myself getting knocked over into this irrigation system. And so, uh, anyway, I learned how to ride the moped. I drove white-knuckled to the grocery store, and I got into the grocery store, and there were all these blaring radios. Um, they were blaring, American beef die goes mas, American beef die goes mas. And it was just really loud. And then having to uh, figure out what I was going to buy, um, because everything was in kanji, and I was looking at the different labels of food, trying to figure out what it was, and I bought some, you know, thinking, I don't know, I bought some food, whatever it was, it was going to be a surprise when I got home, um, bought dish soap and all those things and toilet paper, and I got out to my moped and realized that I had overestimated the size of my basket on my bike, and 
I just got really nervous. I didn't know what to do with all these grocery bags. There was no way I could carry it on my moped. And I, all these scenarios started going through my mind. Like, should I ditch them somewhere behind the building of the grocery store and, and come back later for them? Or do I attempt to go back inside and try to communicate that I needed assistance? No one spoke English. And I only knew how to say hello and thank you. <laughs> so um, I didn't think that going back inside was, was going to be helpful. So luckily, this kid who worked at the grocery store came over. I think he saw my desperation. And I was thinking he's probably going to be one of my students. And he looked at me and he looked at my bike and he looked at all my groceries and we kind of did some charades a little bit and he went back inside the grocery store and he came back with a box and some rope and I was so thankful he put my groceries in the box and he put it on the back of my bike and and tied it all up and that made all the difference I was so grateful and I was able to make it home I had a really big headache by the time I got home um, so sometimes the the, the tasks that you think are going to be the easiest can be a little bit more laborious, but um, I, w I was thankful that I could make it home. Yeah, uh, that makes both of us. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, what, of all the places you've been, what's one food that you think sticks out the most? Oh, gosh, I've had a chance to eat so much great food. But, you yeah. know, I really... Um, I really loved the food that my host mom made in Spain. She made really great, I mean, there were so many things that she make that made that was fantastic. And I was really lucky about 12 years after I was there, I went back to visit and I actually stayed with her in the same apartment where I had lived 12 years prior. And she made all my favorite foods again. She was phenomenal. And uh, I'm really lucky that I got with a good family and able to stay in contact with them today. Uh, and, um, but she, yeah, she made fantastic food. Just like traditional Spanish dishes? Yeah, she did. Uh, let's see, she made, you know, the Spanish um, cook a lot with olive oil and sea salt. And then um, you know, she made like uh, patatas fritas con huevos fritos, which is fried eggs on French fries, essentially. Um, but it just had a, a little extra goodness to it. And different fish. Um, I don't think she made paella, but I definitely had paella outside the home, and it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. All that, no, those two dishes that you just described sound really good. Fried eggs over French fries, and of course, you really can't go. being, yeah. <laughs> close you to the water yeah. right exactly it's all very fresh and really good when i was studying at the university um you know they have their their siesta time in the afternoon and so i would go to classes to the, you know at the university in the morning and then when it came to be about 1 30 or so classes would stop at the university and i would walk home and i would walk into the the home and it would just be all this great smelling food that she was making and um, we would have our big meal in the middle of the day and then you would go take a nap for an hour hour and a half and then you go out I would go back to the university for for more classes in the afternoon and then you enjoy your nice nightlife that they have yeah no it's not, it's not I wish they I wish we had uh, siestas in the United States right <laughs> it's easy to get used to yeah 
Um, and then, uh, do you have a book recommendation, maybe? I do. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I love historical fiction. I love learning history, especially from other countries. Mm -hmm. And a book I read about 16 years ago is called The Poisonwood Bible. Okay. And it's um, about a missionary family who went, uh, moved to the, the Belgian Congo back in the 1950s. And it takes you into the 1960s when there was all the political turmoil there. Um, and it's a really good book, really good way to uh, read about some history from that time. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I will definitely link that up. I, I like that stuff too, the fictional history. That's, that's pretty good. It is. It's a, it's a good read. And uh, do, you have, do you have a favorite quote you want to share with the, everyone? Yes. You know, my mom gave me some really great advice before I left for study abroad. And that um, advice is something that I tell my students. And that is to just remember you're never lost. You are just in a place you've never been before. And that was great advice from my mom because I was going to a place that was unfamiliar. And a lot of times when you are in unfamiliar territory, maybe you get lost in your city and you're, you don't know which way you need to go. Right. And when that happened to me, I, re I just remembered those words. And I would sit down on a park bench and I might be kind of panicking inside, but I didn't want anyone to know and I would, you know, kind of nonchalantly pull out my map and I would look at the street signs to kind of figure out where I was. And pretty soon I was able to figure it out. Um, but I, I tell it to my students also because, um, you know, it's, a lot of times, you know, when they're thinking about going abroad, it is about the fear of the unknown. And, you know, you look around at the people who are there and you realize they're not, you realize that they're not nervous um, because they're familiar with the place. And so if you just kind of get over that, fear of the unknown it'll soon become familiar and you know and then and then everything's okay um so i just tell my students never just remember you're never lost you're just in a place you've never been before oh yeah that's that's good never lost you're just in a place yeah i like that and uh <laughs> andrea thank you is there anything else you'd like to add uh i don't think so i hope uh anyone listening to this podcast who's on the fence about study abroad will seriously consider it yeah i i think you're definitely listening to you will definitely push them in the right direction that was really good you covered all the bases with with my questions so you went mm. above and beyond really i think oh, great uh, guys thanks a lot for listening give us an honest review of the show let me know how i'm doing you can hook up us with us on social media for new episodes andrew thank you very much for being here and we'll talk to you again soon great thank you so much i really appreciate it chris all right thanks Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to check out all the really neat infographics on the rest of the posts as well as the interviews. There's a lot of good information. You should also download Studying Abroad 201. I really recommend it if you need kind of a fire lit under your ass for studying abroad and you need some motivation. It crafts my journey and exactly what I did. Also, you, we can email you new interviews or you can connect with us on social media. All right, thanks a lot.